Are you ready? Can't crush us. It don't really get no better than this the podcast that you're looking for. If you're really heavy in the wrestling, hosted by the mark. Energy that's so amazing. Gotta keep it entertaining. Rep the can crush a nation. Yeah, you know what's going down in the ring. Lights out when you hit a ding ding. Knock them out like boom bada bing. Hold it down, you can crown me the king. Gotta shout out to the Miz and Duke the dumpster. We choke slamming everybody. Power driving, hit them with a face buster. Yeah, yeah, this the show you need an and it ain't no need for waiting. Mark, hold it down for the can crusher nation. All about wrestling and keep it entertaining. Can crushers wrestling podcast. Time to break them. Let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can crushers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can crushers. Let's go. Everyone, this is Ringside Rain, and you're listening to Can Crushers Podcast. And now, here is your host, Mark, the Mark Martinez. Welcome, 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 everyone. If this is your first time, welcome aboard. I hope you stick and stay for a long time. If you're a long-time listener, welcome back to Can Crushers Wrestling Podcast. Thank you, Ringside Rain. I am your host, Mark the Mark Martinez. And boy, am I super stoked, super pumped. All these words that I've used over the years to have my guests come on this week. It is a guest that has been in WWE. She was a manager. She was a wrestler. She doesn't do many podcasts. So yes, I will reach out, pack myself on the back, and say I am super thrilled to have the one, the only, the diva from the other side of the tracks, Cherry, come on, Can Crushers. And we're going to talk about her career. We're going to talk about prior to WWE. We're going to talk about, I don't know, is she really a Grease fan? Or was that just a gimmick? A lot of stuff we're going to be talking about here on the show. I am super stoked. I really am. Growing up, I love the Deuce, Domino, and, and Cherry thing. <sighs> I love Greece as well, so maybe that. I, I, I'm never John Travolta or, or like Danny Zuko or Sandy or anybody like that. I'm just like, and I don't know all their names, so I'm not that much of a Grease head. Is that what they're called? Grease head? I don't, I don't know. But I'm the guy that sings in the background to Grease Lightning and, and stuff like that, dancing around, looking like a buffoon. That's me. That's me. That's where this all came from. But I love Grease, and that's what Deuce Domino and Cherry were to me. That whole 50s type of style, that's the, the era in my head that is in, in my head. Because my mom listened to that type of music as well, so that's engulfed into me. So Cherry resonated with me, and she was like there. She was the new era Elizabeth, always the do-gooder. But the guys were doing something else dastardly like the Macho Man would. So uh, I, I want to know how she feels about that compliment because everybody loves Elizabeth for what she did for the Macho Man. And I saw Cherry kind of going the same way for Deuce and Domino in the WWE. Short time, want to ask about that, if that was just something that kind of came up out of nowhere or release. But there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack in this episode, and I am honored to have Cherry coming on here in mere moments. But you guys know what we have to do first. 
Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You know where to find us. It's all at CanCrusher69. Like, subscribe, do all that cool stuff. Interact with us. We'd love that. We love discussions. We bring them back on to the weekly show as well. Where can you find us to listen? Well, you're listening to wherever right now. So it might be Spotify. It might be iTunes. It might be iHeart. It might be Facebook because we posted on there. Google, Stitcher. You guys know whatever your favorite platform is. Continue to listen. Rate us. Let us know how we're doing. Share us. That's awesome, too, because that helps with the upticks. It really does. We love talking wrestling. Man, go back and listen to some of the archives from Manny Fernandez to Gilberg to Rising Stars to you just don't know. You just don't know who is going to pop up on Can Crushers. And as I said before, I am honored to have Cherry with us this week. And if you really want to help us out, use our promo code when you buy some stuff from Collar and Elbow. Hats, hoodies, tees, all the cool stuff that Al Snow and his hooligans have at Collar and Elbow. Head over, buy some shirts. They're amazing. They're soft. I continue to wear just, Al punched me in the face, just a generic, you know, property of collar and elbow. I love that one, but I also have my dusty one. I have my kind of like pseudo macho man where it's Alan head. And I, yeah, and my wrestling one gets worn to conventions and stuff like that. Collar and elbow has amazing shirts. The fit is awesome. The quality of the tees are awesome. The hoodies are amazing. Go out, buy it. And like I said, when you're checking out, use the promo code CANCRUSHERS. All one word, capital C in CAN, capital C in CRUSHERS, and you'll save 10% on your order. So that's awesome. That's something cool that Color and Elbow does for us and our listeners. All right, that's enough of me rambling right now. I'm going to get Cherry on the line. But first, go ahead and listen to Al. He'll tell you more about Color and Elbow. And when we come back, Cherry, to talk about WWE, OVW, Probably Greece and anything else that we can uh, roll into the next hour or so. So hang on, guys. I'm super stoked. I'm a little, a little nervous, too. It's Cherry. Yeah. Wrestling. A love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand. The wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow. The wrestling brand. Hey, everybody, this is Cherry. You're listening to Can Crushers Podcast. I hope you enjoy. And welcome back to Can Crushers Wrestling Podcast, guys. You heard in the intro how excited I was to talk to my guest today. No him hot around. We get right to it. She is the bubblegum chewing, the poodle skirt wearing, roller skating diva, Cherry. Welcome to the show. Wow, thank you. I love that intro. I appreciate you having me. I worked. My wife helped me a little bit on that. She really did. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Great. Awesome. So before we get into wrestling, how's everything going? You got a lot going on right now. I did. I'm going to spoil this right off the bat. 
I see you're doing WrestleCade, and I'm super pumped for it. I am. I am. I have not done it before. Um, I haven't been doing – I it's pace out my appearances. Um, so this will be exciting because apparently there's a lot of people. It is Thanksgiving weekend. So that makes sense as far as, you know, a lot of people being available um, to appear and a lot of people to be able to show up. So, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be fun. I'll only be there on Saturday. Um and uh, it'll be great. It, it's just going to be me. Unfortunately, I know everybody wants to see the guys, um, but um, uh, you know, hopefully they'll they'll uh, be okay to show up just to see me. So, <laughs> but it'll be exciting. They'll be pumped to see you. Yeah, uh, be prepared. I was there 2019, and I don't know, five to ten thousand people in and out. It's it's crazy. Uh, Holy cow! Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, enjoy nice. it. And I'm sure you'll yeah. meet up with other legends that you haven't seen in a while, too, and gossip, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Very nice. Across the board, right? Different promotions and uh, different times in my life. So, yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. All right. Before we get to wrestling, um, again, my wife, very much a wrestling fan as well. She wants to know how much of a Grease fan you really are. Oh my gosh. Uh, huge. That's a great question. So growing up when, um, I was born in 75 and I think that's when the, the, the movie came out. So when I got old enough, um, my, I saw it, I think it was Aaron on TV and my dad had actually videoed it on VHS. I know <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> long time ago. Um, obsessed, absolutely obsessed with it. And then I just remember rewinding the tape and rewinding the tape and coming home from school and watching it again and again and again and again. So, yeah, initially that whole, you know, back in the day, I watched it like crazy and, you know, you get into the music and you get into the storyline and, um, you know, nor did I feel like I was ever going to like follow that path. But, you know, being such a fan of it back then, it made it easier to transition. I felt a little bit more comfortable relating to that. So what an iconic, iconic movie. And so sad that, you know, Olivia is now not with us. So, um, you know, it's just sad to see when that, that transition in life happens. So um, what an incredible movie, what an iconic movie, and what an iconic actors it, uh, of every part of it. So, yeah, definitely a lot of um, – we took a lot from that. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you did you sing on the bed and everything as well? Like I was definitely not Danny Zuko. I'm not Danny Zuko whatsoever. I'm like one of the other guys singing um, Grease Lightning, like this, the, the backstage guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. John Travolta. Oh, my gosh. What a heaven sent in that movie. Like you all wanted to be with John Travolta, but they were just such a great pair, you know, in, in, in essence of it. So um, and Olivia Newton-John was just perfect you know so was. You know, it had all of the elements you needed you had the baby faces you had the heels <laughs> right you know um and then the end part you know where she turns so you know it has every aspect of a wrestling persona that you could ever imagine so yeah it was incredible all right let's do the rewind here who introduced you to professional wrestling mom dad uncle joe like how did you find this as a little a little cherry i guess you want to say sure my brother so um, my brother and i so i have two older sisters and a younger brother and my brother and i were the one we we were we're closer in age so we kind of attached ourselves and we're just as younger kids um we're always together 
So Saturday mornings, he would hog the Saturday morning TV and um, he would watch wrestling. So he was the one that kind of got me into it, you know, not intentionally, but, you know, once he started watching it and I just kind of stuck, you know, watching, eating our cereal, watching TV, um, you know, you watch that Saturday morning Hulk Hogan, you know, superstars and all of that stuff. So he got me hooked just because he watched it and I was stuck watching it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my brother was really the influence on that. It wasn't intentional. It was just kind of he got into it. Um, so that was that was ultimately where it started. He gravitated out of it and then I kind of stuck with it. And then there was a few years there where, you know, your younger years start to overtake and you just I I steered away from wrestling. I wasn't necessarily into it at, at you know, a couple of years there. So but then, of course, gravitated back to watching it. But, yeah, my brother. My brother got me into it, and the first WrestleMania I had, I um, treated him to uh, coming along with me. So I said, I'm going to buy your ticket. You're going to stay with me. You're going to do the whole spiel. You're going to be backstage. Like, you got me into this. I need to give you that experience. And, um, you know, he met everybody. I was able to bring him around and show him that experience and pay him back for it. You know, um, in essence, he got me involved in it and I wanted to give that back to him so you know he wasn't as hardcore wrestling fan as I was eventually you know he ended up growing out of it very quickly and for much longer so of course very supportive and you know got me you know watched when I was in it and supportive of me getting signed and doing all of that stuff so um, it was fun to be able to bring him to my first Wrestlemania and he got to see that's the the Wrestle first Wrestlemania I had was um, Stone Cold's movie Condemned Um, they did, they did a a private, uh, viewing for everybody at mania. So, um, ironically, my brother had to, um, I, I ended up doing a signing the time the movie was being shown. So my brother ended up, um, hopping in with Miz and his friends to go to the like theater. So, um, yeah, I treated my brother to just an epic weekend of just behind the scenes and, um, all of that to pay him back for getting me to where I was. So ultimately, <laughs> so yeah. What what a great story that is for your brother. Instead of, no disrespect, Terry, instead of sitting in a signing, watching you sign for millions of people, he's like, peace out, I'm going to go hang out with the Miz and, and watch Condemned. <laughs> I think that's definitely a win too for him, right? Yeah, and it was just, and I just brought him. The second year I was there, he brought his best friend. So he had, because it was a little weird because I had, had signings and appearances and stuff. So, as great as it was, we weren't going to be able to spend as much time. So the second year I brought him and his best friend in. So in case there was ever a situation where I, you know, you know, he was with me when I was not doing appearances, but then, you know, mania happens and I have to be backstage. So he was in the like family booth. So the second year he brought his best friend and we all had a great time. So yeah, I'm still working. Um, so yeah, it was good. So the first year was a little bit of a transition to understand kind of like, Unfortunately, they did book me on all of this kind of other stuff. So, um, you know, I was with him when I could and he understood when I couldn't. So, yeah, Miz, Miz and his friends were great. They, um, you know, had my brother tag along. And my brother's really easygoing, so he fit in really well. That's that's awesome. Uh, revert back to Saturday mornings. Man, that was awesome. Wake up, watch uh, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, and then slide right into, like, WrestleMania Superstar Challenge. What were some of your favorites that you kind of – you know, transition to as your brother and you are watching it. Oh my gosh. Uh, Mount 
much for me and Randy Savage. Thank like, you. who did not love him? Right. He's just epic, iconic, like every word under the sun. Like, you can't not be gravitated to work towards watching him for every aspect of his character, whether it was his personality, whether it was his wrestling persona, was it his wrestling style? Like it was just that, you know, um, I still have a, a wrestling collection, um, baseball card collection. Yes. So I, I still have a huge, um, binder of those wrestling cards. So yeah, it was, it was savage. Of course, back then Hogan was like it, right. You know, right. everybody loves Hogan. So, um, Rick, I say Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat are my favorite of all time. Um, so that's what kind of draw me into it. But then seeing the different characters that they had, you know, you end up, I don't know how you were when you were growing up, but you have like, you would sit down and you would go, okay, he's my number one. And then you oh, go all the way up to whatever, right? I still do like, that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like Savage is my number one, Ricky Steamboat, you know, and then you just go down the line. So, um, yeah, so I, I did that whole thing. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. We still do. 45, I'm still doing it, right? <laughs> yeah. So can, can I ask this, and this is professional questioning, non-professional questioning, however you want to take this. Steamboat Savage, your favorite match of all time? Because it is between that. See, I'm going to already judge myself. Between that and Brett and Owen at WrestleMania 10, those are my two iconic matches. If nobody's ever watched wrestling – you watch those, you'll become a wrestling fan. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I just, it's hard to say you can beat WrestleMania three. You know, it's really just not iconic. They, they took you on a, just a ride. And I think that's what we miss. At least I miss in my heart back in the day, they really drew out storylines. Whereas now a day's storylines go by very quickly. So back in the day, I think that's what really drew me in was you bought into it. You, you seek like, Oh, they take you to this moment and then you have to wait till next week. And, you know, those storylines were really drawn out. And that was the, the epic point of that story was it really drew out and that, you know, excitement of that match. And they really put a lot into it really took you on that, on that ride, you know, and, um, it's sad to hear all of these interviews now that, you know, Savage struggled with topping that match and, you know, coming from an, from, you know, thinking of this iconic person and legend that you just really strive to, you know, watch and look for the next thing. It's, you know, there's no need to top that. It was, it'll be remembered for so long. So yeah, that was, I mean, there've been great matches for sure. But when I say the one that I will watch over and over and over again would be that one because it just took you on such an emotional ride. Yeah. Agreed. All right, so you get out of wrestling for a little bit and, you know, fast forward through schools and all of that. How do you make your way into wrestling? Because a lot of people, uh, unless they've done your homework recently, don't know that you were in the indies for a bit. I don't want to say a while, but I mean a bit. Yeah. How do you make that transition and tell, you know, mom and dad and brother, I'm doing this? Well, my parents were really lenient as far as when I got older to, they weren't on top of me about like kind of what I was doing because I kind of proved as a kid, like I was a good kid and stayed in line and stuff like that. So, um, I ended up, um, falling into watching it again in and around the degeneration X era, um, that kind. So that I started watching everybody again. Part. Yeah. So, um, I was working in at, for AT&T wireless, um, selling, 
cellular phones. And I met a friend whose uncle was an independent promoter. And I didn't like, I didn't growing up. I didn't know, Oh, I want to be a wrestler. Like I didn't know you go to wrestling school and this was like a thing. I just enjoyed watching it. I didn't understand the whole background of it. And you learn, you go to a wrestling school and there's like, I didn't understand the whole thing behind it. So, you know, I never understood rest independent wrestling. I remember seeing posters for it, but I never really paid any attention to it. So anyway, so I meet this, this girlfriend of mine and I become friendly with her and she's like, um, you know, I had been in, intrigued by wrestling again and I would bring it up in conversation. She's like, you really should talk to my uncle. Um, he's an independent promoter. And I kind of understood maybe what that would have been, would have been. So anyway, so he, we got to talking and he's like, Oh my gosh, for a girl, you know, a lot of information about wrestling. So I was like, yeah, like I've been watching it for like ever. So it basically started there and it was like, you know, we just kind of made a friendship and, you know, we would talk on Mondays or whatever and talk about wrestling or what was going on or this, that, and the other thing. So he's like, you should come to one of my wrestling shows. And I was like, okay, like whatever. So I would go to the wrestling show as a fan and see what an independent wrestling show was. And, you know, it started to evolve into, well, why don't you be the ring girl for my next one? And then, you know, he would, um, I would make friends with some of the wrestlers on the show. Cause he's like, Hey, this girl's coming down. Just let her do like the ring, like whatever. So I started, I mean, life lessons, you networking is really kind of how you get away in life. You know, you, you meet people, you network. And that's kind of really how I started. You know, he got me to go to these wrestling shows. I made friends with people. I started to be a ring girl. Like, uh, you know, then they're like, well, why don't you be a manager? And then, you know, it kind of evolved organically from just something slow into something like, I'll just keep doing this until I'm not having fun anymore. So, you know, um, yeah, I was wrestling for quite a while. Um, I was managing for a while. Um, I became friends with Bobcat. I don't know if, um, you know, that was back in the day. She was one of those hard, the hardcore hoes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The Godfather. Um, we knew each other and she taught me a lot in the independence in the early stages. So we would travel a lot to shows and we would do a lot of things against each other. And she would tell me a lot. And then I kind of got a little bored. So like her and I would do the typical like girl cat fight. Right. right. So then we would start doing where they, they would have me taking bumps or giving bumps. Right. So I was like, Oh, this is interesting. So to, to learn how to do some of those things, they're like, well, you really need to go to wrestling school, do it right way. So again, it, it evolved organically. So, you know, I got, bored with just being the manager, not doing anything. And then I would start taking bumps and go to the wrestling school. And I started to learn a little bit about wrestling. So, um, yeah, networking, enjoying what I was doing, willing to learn more and just kind of evolved. And then as you network, you meet more people and more people are willing to put your name out there and you do the grind, right? You do the weekend warrior stuff and you go to these wrestling shows and you introduce yourself and, you know, as a girl, it's a little easier because sometimes, well, at least back in my day, there was a dime a dozen sometimes. So, um, and then promoters would be loyal to you. So yeah, I was on the independence for quite some time. And I always said, as long as I'm enjoying myself, I'll continue doing it. Um, so that's, yeah, I was on the independence for a lot of years. Well, it for was sure. roughly six, right? Is Am I rounding maybe five and a half, six? Um, I was wrestling for a total of nine, oh, 10 wow. years. So yeah, I started in 99 when I started, um, going to wrestling shows. Okay. So 1999 was my year that I, um, November of 1999 was when I started. 
Do you, wrestling, so. do you still have, you know, first match on VHS that you can, do you look back at your, or watch it ever? I don't think so because I didn't, I didn't video it myself. Um, and they weren't a lot of videos back then. So like the promoter might've, but I don't, I mean, I, I have some fancy semi stuff from, I don't even know if we're getting it from YouTube or whatever. And I just, you know, from time to time, see stuff. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't even remember that match, but that's me. And that's crazy. And it's so fun to see. And, you know, I never videoed my own stuff. So I'll get stuff that people will find, which is so fun to see because it's, it's, it was a learning experience. And then, you know, seeing something like that and remembering that time, it was so much fun. You know, we had so much fun and I met so many great people and, but I don't have my initial initial first match out there. So, and I, my parents never even knew that I was doing it because again, oh, like I said, the yeah, truth comes I out just, now. yeah, they were, and they weren't against it either, but my parents were very lenient. I had been a good kid and they didn't really like, once I got to an age where I was driving, I had my own car. Like they didn't really check in with me. Like they weren't really worried. So, you know, I started doing this stuff and, um, you know, I didn't have a great high school, high school life. Um, so I started to gravitate towards the wrestling and found some really good friends in wrestling. So they were really fine with it. So I didn't tell them until like a year or two into actually indie wrestling that I was doing it. And I think my parents thought I was going to tell them I was pregnant or something. (laughs) (laughs) It was so funny. So yeah, I, I just said, yeah, I've been doing this. And I just thought it was a little bit more serious at that point because initially wasn't right. Right. So, um, well, and they were for it. They were in, they were interested in it, and they were you know happy that I was doing something I enjoyed, and didn't really understand it, of course, because they weren't really wrestling fans or whatever. But um, it was definitely yeah. a different era when we grew up compared to like oh, right before sure. we went on the air. I told you my son just got his permit and everything, and how I'm freaked out. Our parents, if we were home by the time the lights came on, like in my town, I don't I don't know if you you know by the time the street lights come on, get your rear end home. But then when you had your license, yeah. just be home by midnight. Yes. Yeah. We were running roughshod. We lived. We survived. It's not yeah. era, that era anymore that we can let our kids do that, no. right? Definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. And I get worried when I – I don't have any kids, so I get worried when my sister – they tell me, like, their kids are like, oh, they just ran to the – you know, they walked to school. They go to the neighbor's house, and I'm like, what? Like <laughs> – Yep. But even though I did that when I was a kid, my mom never knew where we were, you know. Ever. Um, for, but we survived. Uh, for a day. For a day, sometimes yeah, our parents day, didn't know yeah. where we were. <laughs> yeah, so they didn't know for a good year or two that I was doing this on the weekends. Um, but again, they trusted me. I wasn't a, a bad kid, and, you know, I stayed in line and stuff like that. So they weren't really worried about that. So it's good to know that you weren't a hooligan. So. <laughs> no, I <didn't. laughs> So how do you get the the phone call from essentially Rip Rogers in OVW to make your way down there? We're going to stick and stay with OVW for a little bit because, man, the locker room when you were in OVW, yeah. legends. Yes. Well, they never called me. So the thing that came up with, with uh, OVW was um, I was living with my boyfriend at the time, and he was an indie wrestler. His name was Judas Young. And we'd been together for quite some time. So his best friend is Danny Gimondo, otherwise known as Inferno Kid. So I had now on the indies, I never worked well with my my 
boyfriend. So I never man, quote unquote managed him. I always worked against him because he had this punk rocker gimmick, whereas Danny Jamundo was just kind of like the club kid. So I, I managed Danny a lot on the indies as well as other, other guys. But anyway, so that was our circle. We had a little circle of friends that we, we hung out with. So Danny had actually moved to Kentucky to pursue a contract. Um, and Danny had mentioned to both of us, Hey, OVW is having this like tryout training camp for OVW. Um, you should come. So my boyfriend at the time, he had some knee injuries and you know, all of that stuff. So it wasn't, he wasn't even doing Indias at the time. So I was like, ugh, I'll just send an application. I'm not going to get accepted. Right. I'm just like, whatever. So I sent an application. I get accepted. I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> I think I would get accepted. So then I'm like, ah, I go, I do weekend warrior stuff all the time. Right. So I'm like, I'll just go down there. Like whatever. Like they, they hook you up with like your, your tuition is like the three day class. You you sleep, you stay at the Econo Lodge, you get your own room, like the whole thing. And Danny was already there. So that worked out great. So I was like, ah, I'll just go down there for the weekend. Right. No big deal. I do that all the time. So I go down and, um, I do the program and they're very clear it's OVW. Now, OVW was the develop, sorry, developmental for WWE at the time, but Danny Davis, uh, owner of OVW was very clear this was not getting seen by WWE or whatever. So you go and you know, that's what you do. You, you hone your craft and you learn from different territories, right? So went down there and I ended up being one of two girls in the whole class. There was like 30 people, right? Right. So um, I ended up knowing a few. So I had Damien Adams, who I actually trained with at home. So when I would go to the wrestling school on my own, um, he was really my my first full on trainer. Um, he was just a friend of mine and, you know, was kind enough to help me out at the wrestling school that we would go to and stuff like that. So he was there. Uh, Mo Sexy um, was there. Mario, um, one of uh, one of my other Jersey friends, um, Pat Buck. Buck was actually there, who was root star in the Indies forever ago. Um, so I had known a few, pe- few very few people. Um, so I did the the, the school. Um, the other girl, I don't know what really happened. She would like hide in the bathroom. It was super bizarre. But um, <laughs> that bathroom yeah, at so Davis I, Arena is weird too, by the way. But. Yeah, it's so small. So I did the did the weekend, got to spend time with Danny and his girlfriend, um, but still did like the wrestling thing. And then that weekend, I come back to normal life and I call Danny Davis. And I'm like, hey, I really appreciate you having me. You know, I had a good time. And he said, you know, we really loved having you. And we think that you have a lot of potential. And, you know, if you're willing, you know, we, we would love to invite you to, you know, come and work at an OVW. So I was like, floored like I didn't think anything would really come of it right so ironically at the time I was working at a job that I loved and enjoyed and had a 401k company and you know was really kind of getting paid really well and enjoyed my job and I took a risk I my again my boyfriend Judas Young at the time couldn't go and I took a big leap of faith um something in my heart was telling me I need to go and try this so I left a job I loved making very good money, 401k, all of that stuff, lived with my boyfriend, moved to Kentucky. He didn't come with me. He stayed home in New Jersey for an opportunity. Um, 
And luckily, Danny was living in a fourplex in Louisville. And the apartment across the hall from him and his girlfriend was available. So didn't know what it looked like. You know, I just felt comfortable that I was uh, across the hall from my friend and his girlfriend. So that made me feel comfortable and just uprooted my life. I would waitress during the day. I would go to wrestling school at night, um, do wrestling shows on the weekends, do their TVs on Wednesdays. You know, I just engulfed myself in the wrestling world down there. So um I took the opportunity and ran with it. So they never called me. I, I went out seeking it really. <laughs> so that's kind of how OVW happened. That's, that's awesome. And, and you were, the fans just trickled right to you. Like it, it was a slow burn because, um, friends down in, in Kentucky, I'm in Pennsylvania, but I have now friends in Kentucky tape trading, you know, years back watching old OVW stuff, you know, it was just like a slow burn and then Boom! Like, Cherry was it down there. Like, you guys, uh, along with Deuce and Domino as well. I mean, I'm, I'm not disrespecting the boys. I know they're part of your whole story as well, but we're talking about you today. Boom! You just <laughs> took off. Like, they loved it. They loved it down there. Well, and I have to really credit the boys. I mean, right. like, they, you know, they came up with the gimmick initially, um, Jimmy and I started wrestling the same month and same year in New Jersey. He would just wrestle with his dad and, and train and I would wrestle with the kids from the school. So we knew each other very well uh, enough. I should say not very well, but we knew each other enough. So, you know, I really, I credit them and thank them. And I'm blessed to have had that networking and had that friendship. I didn't know Cliff until you know, I got down there. So they came up with that gimmick and I was lucky enough for them to have chosen me for an opportunity. So, and when Jimmy presented it to me and said, Hey, you know, we want this girl, we want her roller skates, the old school roller skates. We don't know what she looks like. We don't know what her name is. You got to kind of come up with it. You know, it was, it was insane. It was great. Like I just, it, it just spoke to my, my soul, you know, as far as, something I of course started frantically thinking like what does this person look like I don't know you know you automatically go to those poodle skirts right so I'm very thankful I mean I think it was a unique gimmick I know I occasionally will get people that um compare us to the honky tonk man but we were totally different totally different totally I don't Um, see that at all but okay go ahead yeah I didn't either, uh, but people, you know, it was the 50-ish area, but um, I think that we did it very uniquely. You know, the, it, Honky Tonk had Peggy Sue, and that wasn't anything, you know, it's a completely different thing. But I think that we were very unique in that aspect. So um, I I was very blessed to have been invited into that opportunity again um, to be able to do that. And I thought it was a great thing. I thought we had a great thing going. So um, goes to show, you know, you, and I, and I got to be cherry very quickly once I got to OVW. So, um, all of that happened very quickly. Whereas like people like Beth Phoenix or Nick Dinsmore, they were there for quite some time. A lot of people were there in OVW for quite some time and, you know, not necessarily OVW, but you do the grind and you work the weekends and you try to get your name out there and you network and people wait years and years and years before they're able to, uh, make that transition over to a contract. So, um, I'm very blessed to have had the journey that I did, you know, and the people that gave me those opportunities to 
live the dream that I did. You know, I loved the cherry gimmick. Um, and it, the boys really allowed me to create what I thought she would be. And they never, they never pulled me back from any of that. So, um, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was a lot of good times. So you're the locker room at, at OVW, you brought up Beth, but Alicia Fox was also there. Callie Kelly was also there. I mean, Natty, uh, the, the, the list, right? It was amazing. Uh, is that where like a lot of the friendships prior to like the SmackDown, because we're going to trickle up to that here in a second. That's where everything kind of blossomed. And that wasn't supposed to be a pun. Sorry. That just came through my head right now. Is that where everything <laughs> blossomed in right there? Well, OVW is a very close knit when it comes to that, you know, and you're all, you know, the girls were in their own locker room. The boys were in nerds. It's a very small arena. Um, and you are all there for one purpose, right? Right. So yeah, we, we became very close. Um, and at the time, it was a smaller crew. So, yeah, when I first got there, Ken Kennedy was there. Uh, Johnny Jeter was there. Ken Doan was there. Um, Mike Mondo was there. Paul Burchill. Like, yeah, so there was a quite quite a locker room. And the transition of trainers was going on as well. So um, I think Lance Storm had just left. Um, Al Snow had just come in. Paul started to do the thing. Um, Jim Cornette had just left so Paul could come in, you know, Jim Cornette had gotten let go or whatever. So yeah, I mean, we were all there for one purpose. And I think OVW gave us such a learning, um, kind of opportunity because when you're in OVW, everybody is serving the same purpose. So we're all there for creative. We all have our own input. Whereas when you go to WWE, there's a bigger machine. So my time in OVW was definitely the most precious because we were all so close, all the girls, all the guys, um, even with Al Snow and Danny and Rip. And, you know, we were all there for the same love. And we were able to be very creative when we had discussions about a match or a storyline that we were doing. Every person, including Al, would get into a conversation and say, this is what we should do. How do we get to here? How do we get to there? You know, you don't get that at WWE. They have bigger producers and agents and everybody else in the bigger machine that kind of creates that for you. Yes, you can put your input in, um, but when you're on the lower part of the card, you don't really have that much of the input as you did when you were in OVW. So obviously your John Cena's, your Randy Orton's, your Roman Reigns, like all of those will have a lot more weight into their opinion. But when you're on a lower part of the card, you don't. So yeah, OVW was, was precious because we all had a purpose and it was the same purpose. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, we were close. I mean, Alicia was there. Shelly was there. Beth was there. Um, uh, Barbie was there. Um, you know, we had Katie Birchall, Serena Deeb. Um, you know, we had Sam Punk and had, had just come in and Brent Albright and Seth Skyfire and Idol or, um, Damian Sandow. So it was, so much fun. Uh, who's who it literally uh who's who back then it, it, it unbelievable any al stories because we love throwing them under the bus uh on this podcast um al's very fun i have to credit al for really making wrestling make sense to me because sometimes um on the indies you don't learn from the right people so obviously when i finally got signed um his teaching made sense to me. You know, some I'm, I'm not an easy learner. 
Um, I have to have the right teacher and Al just, um, said it in a way that I was able to get it and grasp it. So he made a lot of sense to me as far as being able to put wrestling together. I had a gist of it, but it didn't, it didn't really hit home. It didn't really resonate with me unless until, um, Al kind of broke it down for me. Now, Rip was great. Rip, Rip was teaches you the basics. You know, you have to learn how to do the basics before you build that house. So Rip taught me the basics and that's, and that was great, but Al really broke down the psychology to me. So, um, Al was fun. Uh, you know, he really gave us an opening to say what we wanted and shared our opinions and, um, just goofy, but he, you know, and I, I really appreciate goofy. Al because a lot of times we would do these get to know you days. So instead of wrestling constantly, because at the time when we were down there, you know, we were doing really, really well. So we would wrestle during the day between like 10 and two, I think practice was. And then, um, we were booking a lot of shows. So Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, we have wrestling during the day and then do shows at night. TV was Wednesdays and then Friday, Saturdays, you know, we would have shows, if not double booked, we were doing really well with bookings down there. So Al would create these sporadic, not often get to know you days where um, he took us to great adventure and we all just went to the border park and just really, really kind of bonded, you know, as far as the, the OVW family. So you know, it's not always about that bump card, you know, yep. um, which Al always said, you know, you take so many bumps and you take it off of your bump card. So um, it was about getting to know the family that you're in. So um, the one of the funny stories was, so Al, you know, if you ever wanted to go to a show and you weren't going to go like on your own. You could always go to OVW um, Arena and then follow the ring truck, right? So there was a, oh, my God, what was his name? Rombola. His name was Rombola. He was an indie guy. He was assigned to the contracted class. He was just a weird bird, and he was so nice and so funny. But so Cliff or Domino would, who was just a, a ham, he's so funny. He would call Al on a prank call, and he's like, you know, what time is the ring truck leave? And Al would be like, whatever the time was. And he's like, and, and Cliff would play like he was this guy, Rombola, who was a weird bird. Right. And he would say, well, and he would negotiate the time the ring truck would leave. <laughs> it was so funny. And it would like be back from a show because we had shows every day. Right. right. At that point. So, um, you know, and he, he would be riding back from the show and Domino would pull this, this like prank call to Al in the car. And it was just like, you know, Al's like the, the ring truck's leaving at five. And he's like, well, what about like, you know, five, you know, 15. <laughs> I was like, no, it leaves at five. <laughs> and he just in, and Domino was able to like do the rum, rumble's voice. So, oh my God. Yeah. So, oh, we had a good time. I mean, I just, pre I, it's just precious those moments. So yeah, Al snow's great. He's such a, there's a reason why he's such a good trainer. <laughs> he is, he really is a super genius. I got a couple of years ago, I got to sit down with him during one of his classes and like he beat the, the snot and I don't mean it mean, but he beat the snot out of the kids when they were training. Then he's like, Hey, five minute water break. But then he just started talking about the psychology of why he was beating the snot out of them. Like there was no 
dead time of teaching when Al was in the ring yeah. teaching. If you wanted to drink, you better keep your ears open instead of going party or have a smoke or whatever. Yeah, he's he's he unbelievable. He just has a love for the business, and you can just tell. You can you can feel his passion. Yeah, you you know he's also a dolphin trainer, right? No. Yeah. Is that new? <laughs> I I was told he's uh, from one of his business partners. I was told he's also a dolphin trainer when they go to Florida. He trains dolphins as well. Uh, I've never heard that. Yeah. Yeah. If you run into him, ask him. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you, you get the call up essentially then um, to WWE, the uh, let's just say the main roster because it was de- developmental up to SmackDown. But it wasn't supposed to be SmackDown at first, was it? So what happened was <laughs> um, we got signed – very quickly. So, um, long story short, um, we had, so Jimmy approaches me about this cherry gimmick and nobody knew about it. They just knew in the contracted class. Now, now Cliff or Domino was, was going to contracted class and not a lot of non-signed people were allowed to, but he somehow got into it. So him and uh, Jimmy were working on this greasers gimmick because they would have promo day where they would just work on promos as opposed to wrestling. So they'd come up with this gimmick and they were doing, so they, they were doing these promos and they showed me these tapes of these promos they were doing. And Domino came up with the gimmick of having a girl on old school roller skates. Right. So, um, long story short. So, so Jimmy knew me from back in the day and he, they kind of cased the Davis arena and was like, who could really be this girl? And Jimmy knew my work ethic or so he says, and said, he approached me about it. So I was like, yeah, like, great. So they show me the gimmick come up with it. Now this was a, this was a Wednesday night. So it was, we had just finished taping TV after TV, we come out, we have a discussion and then go home for the night. So Jimmy approached me that night and says, Hey, you know, after the show, like, um, come see these promos. So Jimmy showed me these promos of what they were doing. So he's like to that Tuesday, Johnny Ace and the office were coming down and they would do it periodically to evaluate the talent that they had down there you know, who's going to come up, whatever. So he's like, we want to present this. So again, we just want you on your old school roller skates. We don't know what your name is. We don't know what she looks like, blah, 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 blah. So I had a week to get it together. Long story short, again, um, come Monday night, Jimmy said that Danny told him I wasn't allowed to come because when the office comes, it's only contracted people. So he broke the news to me, which I was super bummed about. Yeah, um, for sure. However, yeah, so it was a Monday night. My boyfriend, Judas Young, had already planned on coming to visit me that Thursday. So I was like, oh, super bummed, like whatever. You know, um, I was like, I'll just clean the apartment, like get ready for him to come visit or whatever. So Jimmy's like, just get ready. I'm going to do whatever I can to convince him to let you come. So, you know, I did my thing and I got ready and he calls me on Tuesday morning. He's like, get down here. So I was like, Oh my God. Um, so I run down there and, um, I run into the Davis arena. Now everybody's already there, right? Because this was already pre-planned, but so I, I run in and I don't know if you've been to the Davis arena, but, and I think yeah. it's changed since, but as you come in on the right side, you like take a door to go down into the back to the, to the, um, locker rooms. So I opened the door and 
who do I see? Rip Rogers, right? And he shoots me this death stare. But I couldn't tell him because, like, the whole gimmick that we were working on was between the three of us. So I couldn't tell Rip, and he didn't know, like, I'm not, like, late. Like, I I just didn't want to disappoint Rip, but there was no time to explain to him, like, I – you know, not late, like nobody knew. And like, the, I, I didn't have time because like Rip was there in a group with like Danny Davis and Johnny Ace and blah, 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 blah. So there's like a whole bunch of people. So like, ugh. so I'm like running into the, the girls locker room to change. So long story short, we do the whole day and we get signed that day. Well, that was a Tuesday. So then the very next day, they um the office tells Paul Heyman to write us into the show and debut us. So it was kind of like the the like how we came together, right? Right. So then I get a call on Thursday. Now we're at St. Teresa's and I get a call from Krista Joseph and he's like, You guys are um no, was that it? No, that was when we were actually debuting on SmackDown. So I get a call and they're like, You guys are going on the road. Um this weekend and we're going to debut on debut you guys on raw on Monday. And I was like, Holy crap. Like this is all within a week. Right. Yeah. So three days to get there essentially. Right. So, well, remember I had my boyfriend coming in that Thursday. So Thursday morning, I get a call. I'm about to pick my boyfriend up from the airport to spend the week with me. And I'm like, have to break the news to him. Like they're sending us Now he knew he was the first person I called when I got signed. So he knew, and I'm like, uh, they're sending us on the road Friday morning. <laughs> so thankfully, Danny was, you know, again, back to the story, he lived across the hall from me. So um, he had his best friend there to kill time while I, you know, went out Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So we were supposed to debut on Raw on Monday. I think Billy Graham had done a book at the time, and we were supposed to, like, crash his, like, book announcement or something like that. Well, they ended up kiboshing that and we never debuted, which was great because in actuality, we had really kind of just put our, our trio together for a week, ultimately. So they just, for whatever reason, decided not to debut us on Raw. So we went back to down to OVW for really ultimately a year, which was a blessing in disguise because we really marinated with each other. We got the chemistry together. We marinated with the personalities. We really got the gimmick together, whereas it was only just a week. So, so it was really a blessing in disguise. So, yeah, they were going to debut us on Raw, and then we debuted on SmackDown a year to the day that Cliff and I got signed. That's so, crazy. Special, I didn't know a year to the day. Thing. That's awesome. It was weird. Yeah, we're to, a year to the day, and we debuted in Little Rock, Arkansas. So that's when Krista Joseph called me that Thursday and we were at St. Teresa's getting ready to do an OVW show. And, and they really, and Nova mentioned, or Simon Dean mentioned this, how um, the office really treated me as a manager. So like if they needed the boys somewhere or whatever they were doing with us, they would tell, call me and then I would orchestrate everything. So, which was fine with me, you know, I'm just that way. I like to plan things. So, and they were fine with it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so they called me and I said, we're going to SmackDown. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, the emotions that's how that are crazy. Happened. That's, that's, I, I knew there was a little hitch in the giddy up somewhere, but I didn't know that whole story. That's, that's unbelievable. And, and like it you was said, a blessing. Yeah, yeah like you said, it, it helps build then the whole, you know, Deuce Domino and Cherry of 
being that threesome then. Yeah, for real. It really was because, and then we ended up going off into a program with Cody Rhodes and Sean Spears that ended up being really epic. Um, you know, so that was, that was a blessing disguise and we really enjoyed working with those guys. So, um, what an incredible storyline. So yeah, that was um, our transition to the main roster. That's some of the tapes that I did see from my buddy down there now. Uh, unbelievable matches. Unbelievable yeah. matches. Yeah. So yeah. some say, okay, and, and I am some of the some, that you are the new era Elizabeth because she was so quiet and I don't want to say naive, but like just – the good person to Macho Man's bad. You were the good to do some domino. How does that make you feel? I uh, love that feeling. And I did take a lot of what she offered in the cherry character. So, and I'm blessed to have had an opportunity to walk in a little bit of those shoes. So yes, she was my inspiration idol forever. And um, you know, when I was able to be an OVW, you know, I tried to emulate a lot of those things and our, our dynamic was really in the office really didn't, wanted to know our dynamic. So that's where, where, that's where Paul Heyman was like, how are you, how does this trio come together? So that's when we said Domino was my brother, Deuce was my boyfriend. Um, they were the heels and I was the baby face ultimately, but just loved watching them beat people up. And that was kind of where we were trying to get that across was, you know, you had that savage Elizabeth thing, you know, he was a heel, she was more of a baby face, right? So, you know, I'm so blessed to have in my version of it, be able to live through some of those things. And I took a lot of what she did in her career as opportunities to creatively re replicate some of that. So a lot of the, the OVW stuff, because we were able to do a lot of input, I was able to, uh, you know, use some of that in, in the storylines that we had. And, you know, for instance, um, you know, we had the time where Deuce and Domino are so obsessed with getting the titles back that, you know, Deuce says, you know, cherries on the line. And they use that, that like stand, they make a stand, kind of that Saturday night main event that Savage had with, you know, Georgie Animal Steel. And they put Elizabeth on that little lifeguard stand. And, you know, ultimately George could have won Elizabeth. And, you know, a lot of that stuff I took from her. There was another spot where, um, you know, Deuce and Domino jumped Cody and Sean in their match. And, you know, the story along the line was like me and Sean were kind of sweet on each other, right? So, um, it was where I jumped in front of Sean because Deuce was going to give him this crack him in the mouth. And, and then Deuce like pushes me to the side. Like it was, I took a lot of her from that. Um, that's why it's just really disappointing. There was so much more to our, our dynamic and, uh, so much more dimension to, to our characters that we could have done in WWE. So you know, I did when there were times and opportunities for me to pitch something. I definitely took from a lot of her. Um, the belts I wore were, were sequins. And, you know, she wore a lot of sequins when she first came out. And, you know, there were little pieces of her that I took with me as a cherry character because she did. She was such an inspiration to me. So to be able to do some of those things that 
she did in her career and replicate them was epic. Like who, who in their lifetime ever says they're able to walk in their idol shoes just a little bit, you know, I'm able to say that. So, so, you know, every aspect of it, you know, because I think it was unique to heels with a baby face manager, you know, and then you have the opportunity to turn her heel and, you know, there's so many ways you can do that dynamic and storyline. And, you know, it's just, it's just, uh, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun over VW. I just wish we could have done a lot more in WWE. Yeah. And that was my next question. Like when you started your singles career, was the whole, you starting your singles career and then Deuce and Domino going with, you know, Maurice, was that kind of, that seemed a little wonky, even that, you know, then that like you started wrestling and then all of a sudden you were just disregarded by them. What was that written that way? Or was it I just thrown? Yeah. That whole transition was a little weird. Um, how it kind of came about. Um, I always say, I don't know if that diva competition was rigged or not. Either way, I was, very fortunate to be involved. Um, Vince was very delicate with me in the beginning to, to not include me in some of that stuff because he protected me a lot because ultimately I thought, <coughs> excuse me, ultimately I thought that there was going to be a payoff with me getting a lot more involved or whatever, because we like in OVW, we were very delicate as far as anybody touching me. Right. You know, I didn't take any bumps. I didn't, you know, it was very, it was the big payoff was, someone getting their hands on cherry or whether that was a good or a bad thing, you know? So initially when I first got up there, like I wasn't involved in a lot of the diva stuff. And then out of nowhere, they include me in this diva competition, which ultimately we all knew was all about Michelle, right? No right. offense. So, you know, and I don't know if, I mean, Maurice is a gorgeous girl, right? I mean, there's no doubt about it. So for her to get to be the first one out of all of us to be, to be eliminated, they didn't tell us anything. They just said, you're going to go up there. There's going to be voting. And then we're going to tell you who's eliminated. And Maurice was eliminated. There was no, they didn't give us an Iggy. They didn't tell us like the deal. Like they didn't give us like the inside scoop. Like none of us knew if it was real. So she gets eliminated first. It was, it was bizarre. I, 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 if there was a plan, it wasn't presented to me or I was never informed. So I just know Maurice was initially eliminated out of the first round. I stuck around. Um, I, the boys weren't being used at the time. Um, I was being used. They were, they were going full steam ahead. I, I always tell the story. Elijah Burke had pulled me aside and he was like, cause I knew him from OVW, right? Right. Good dude. And I said, and he goes, you know, what do you think of this competition? And I said, Elijah, I said, look, I go, if this is a work and people, you know, and, and the office, is not really using the votes, then the office wants me there. Or the people are really voting me to number two of all of these divas. Either way, it's a win-win for me. We all knew it was going to be Michelle. Either way, it was a win-win for me. And he was proud of me for for recognizing that. So um, I, I don't know why they, again, that goes into what WWE is. It's a bigger, it's a bigger machine. Right. And you're not always privileged when you're at that low part of the card to know the, the meaning behind anything sometimes. So I just rode the wave and um, 
you know, Arn Anderson was a big advocate for me and he just said that they were really high on me. And um, I don't know if that, again, if that was the fans voting me there or the office voting me there, I was thrilled with it either way. So um, I think it was, I don't know if it was a plan all along or if it just organically was like, let's do something with Maurice. Cause uh, honestly, Maurice wasn't doing anything at the time. She was, she was floundering around. She was doing welcome to Friday night Smackdowns and wasn't really doing anything. Um, and then of course the boys weren't. So it was just an op- another opportunity for them to create that storyline. It was, it was weird. It was weird. It was too soon for me, but um, I don't know. They don't, they don't, they don't give you that information. At least when you're that, I mean, we were new, so they don't tell you that stuff. So um, I knew that Arn told me they were, they were high on me. They wanted to do a lot of things with me. Um, you know, I, they weren't really using the voice. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't privileged to know that information, to no, be honest. No, and, so, yeah, I, yeah. Were you, I, there's some, I don't want to keep you long, but I, I have like a couple more I really want to get to. Um, yeah. Were you shocked then by your release from WWE that kind of came out of nowhere as well, because you were on as a fan, you know, you, I, we all thought you were on that high. Yeah. Um, well, I was let go this. So they, they let people go one week and Domino was let go that week. And then I was let go the second week. Um, I was at the gym with my trainer and I went back to my locker room to like, I was getting ready to leave. And I saw the, the call from two Oh three, which is Connecticut area. And I was like, ah, that's not good. So I was upset. I was really, really upset. Um, but they let they let talent go for two weeks, and then let, they took another two weeks to let to let a lot of people in corporate go. It was the economy at the time, um, regardless of what people were saying, and it was very hurtful because people were like, "Oh, they let her go. She wasn't, you know, she was, you know, her size," and it was super hurtful. So not only did I like get let go from my dream. But I had fans and internet people saying some really, and I don't think that they did it on purpose, but it, it affected me a lot, you know, because they were saying, oh, she was fat and she was this, like I'm being told I was 129 pounds at the time, 129 pounds. And people are calling me fat. Like that's ignorant. Sorry. It was hard. It was hard. I, it, I definitely went into a dark place at that point because I lost my dream. And then like, you know, I would do indie signings and people were like, I like a big boned girl. Like, and again, they, they just didn't understand what they were saying. And, and of course my, my head space and mental space was totally different. So it, it was, it was hurtful. It was hurtful, but in a, it was a blessing in disguise because I was in a bad place at the time and I was stressed and, um, I wasn't investing in myself. You know, I had gotten super insecure um, being up there next to all of these girls that were genetically gifted. (laughs) 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 I'm a normal girl. You know, I'm not a bikini model who's genetically gifted. And, you know, I'm a normal girl. And I just got in my own head. You know, these girls were great to me. They were very kind and very nice, but I got in my own head and I allowed my own insecurity to get ahead of myself. So it was a downward spiral for me. But looking back on it, it's like, 
Beth always told me, never do anything that stresses you out. It's not worth it. You know, so looking back on it, I was absolutely devastated. I got into a dark place in my life. And then to hear people say the things that they were saying, Johnny Ace did not say anything about my weight. Not one thing about my weight. And it was only me and Johnny Ace on the call when he did release me. So it's really infuriating now to think that these people had these opinions of me. It's like, that's really what you thought, because if that was the case, it's not what Johnny told me. Um, you know, and there's a lot of diversity now, especially with, with what is, with what is a performer. So it took me to a dark place and I had, it took me a long time to get out of that. So, um, it was, it was abrupt, but at the time the economy was an issue. So it was hurtful. And I think a lot of people that are released is hurtful because then they turn around and sign Gail Kim and then they debut the Bellas. And, um, it's like, okay, well, economy is an issue, but then you, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that, that, and then you struggle with that, you know? So, um, no offense to those girls cause they're, they're great. And, they're all very sweet and kind. It's it's not their, their decision, but, um, you know, it was a blessing in disguise. So I, I, all in all, I lived a dream that I never thought I would. Um, I'm happy to and thrilled uh, that I'm able to have contributed to people's happinesses and en entertainment and enjoyment. Um, I'm just sad that number one, it was let go soon. And number two, Deuce Domino and Cherry had so much more to offer to entertainment they, um, they really did. Lot, yeah, we had a lot more to give. Um, and for whatever reason, that didn't happen. So, um, but I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. So I just have to be blessed for the opportunities that I did get and the road that I did, that I did, um, ride. So, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling for you right now. Like you, you have me choked up because mm -hmm. I, I didn't yeah. hear any of that. Well, because I didn't hear any like the 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 chubby stuff that they would they would call it a Mickey or anything like that. Like that's wrestling fans are good, but wrestling fans are horrible as well. And I'll say it: you didn't say it. Cherry did not say it. Don't come at her. I said it. That's just sometimes you just like get, get out of your mom's basement. Sorry. <laughs> well, and 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 females are just very insecure to begin with, you know. So. I you think know. all females are very aware of their appearance, especially when you're being magnetized on TV. So um, I allowed that. I allowed myself to not be secure enough. So it was, it was my, you know, I had a, a contribution to that. So I, I have two more and then I'll let you say whatever you want. Um, is there ever a chance that we see you, roller skating into a Royal rumble. They make that phone call. Would you do it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Who doesn't love that surprise? Yeah. I I would hope let, let's make that a hashtag. I don't know if it started. Let's get Cherry into the Royal rumble. Um, what has wrestling brought to you then in a, in a whole, like for your whole life? What, what's it mean that you were a professional wrestler and even some fans that said that you've touched a lot of us. Like you were that, that innocent little girl that protected the guys sometimes. And like that storyline was amazing. So yeah. what, is, what does that do for you? 
Um, that, that personally fulfills a dream of mine, but it also makes me happy that I'm able to bring the same kind of happiness to somebody else that I felt when I watched Savage and Elizabeth or, or Steamboat, you know, it's like, we all have a love, a true love for an industry and to be able to watch it and get fulfillment from it and escape reality for a little while, but then to also contribute to that speaks volumes. You know, you never, not everybody has that opportunity. And to know that I've lived both sides of the spectrums coming from a, coming from a, a child that never knew you go to a wrestling school and how you become a professional wrestler. And, you know, this stuff is how it's, it's learned. It's, it's an incredible evolution to know because many, many people will never be able to say I lived my dream. Right. So, um, and to be able to bring excitement to people the way I felt it following my idols. So it's, it's a full circle for me. So what's up for today for not, I don't mean like physically today. What's up for today for cherry. We see you hanging out with Nat a lot. I love your dogs. If you follow you on Instagram, like what, what do you do today? I'm very private today. Um, traveling was a lot, um, for me, you know, traveling overseas and living out of a suitcase. And, you know, I always said, um, when I was on the road, I slept better in hotels than I did in my own home. So, um, yeah, I live, um, <coughs> excuse me, five minutes from Natty. We're very, very close. Um, she's a sweetheart and, um, I just live a very private life and I enjoy, yes, I enjoy my dog and, uh, she's the love of my life and just living a, you know, life is hard. Um, so it's really focusing on, you know, what matters in life and not letting those negativity things, you know, uh, hold you down. So, um, life happens very quickly. So you have to really cherish those moments and find things that make you happy because everything that's happened for a reason, but it's how you come out of it. You know, you don't become stronger, but you're in a winner. You come stronger because you fail. So, um, I you love know, that. yeah, being, being with Natty, she's, you know, it, it, who would have thought that we would have created the friendship that we did, but, um, she's incredible. Her family's incredible. Um, and, just being very private, you know, home and chilling with my dog and just enjoying life as it is because life is, is too short. You know, in this industry, you find out that it is very short. So, um, you know, we always, Natty, TJ and I always say like, Oh, people are like, well, why don't you go to the Caribbean on vacation and blah, 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 blah. It's like being home in my own house, um, is really just such a paradise to me. I so, agree. Um, Thank you for yeah. saying that. We, we say that loud in the back so my wife can hear it when she's listening to this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Life's hard enough. And I just um, find, you know, you have your hard days, but you have your good ones. And I'm in a very good place in my life and I've overcome a lot, um, you know, but I cherish every moment. I just started um, offering up photos, which I didn't really realize that people still wanted on um, Twitter and Instagram and I've got an outpouring of people that are looking for uh, merchandise for Cherry. So, um, you know, I've, I've tried to re try to accommodate those things and, you know, it's, I'm happy to, I'm, I, I wish we did more, but I'm happy with what we did. So, um, to contribute to the industry, which is always still at heart, you know, we're all wrestling fans. So, there's some, if you're not a wrestling fan, you don't get it. But when you're a wrestling fan, you get it. 
There's right. something about it that just pulls you in and you, as much as you get aggravated with it or not, you know, you always go back to it. <laughs> so, Touche. You know, it's, really, it's, um, it's a unique person. So, all right. Yeah. One last thing, go ahead and, uh, you're going to be tagged in all of this anyway, but let everybody know your socials. And then the final question, how much wrestling do you watch now? I do watch a lot. I mean, of course I watch, um, Natty and the girls. I, I'm super intrigued by how we've evolved as women in this, in this industry and, you know, the evolution and now that we have our own rumble and, um, things like that. So as opposed to watching the whole product, I definitely feel like I do a lot of more focus on the women's side of it. Um, but I do, I mean, when I can, I definitely tape it. So sometimes it may not be <laughs> when it's being live. Um, produce. I don't watch it necessarily, but I do watch it eventually. Um, there, that love's still there. So yeah, I watch the NXT. I watch the AEW. I watch WWE. And, um, you know, it's just, I always gravitate towards that eventually in my day. So, um, yeah. So I'm on Twitter as former diva cherry. I'm on Instagram as DDC chick. Um, I do cameo videos as well. Um, I do not have a Facebook. I know there's fake Facebooks out there. They are not me. I don't do Facebook. So do not buy into that because I get some information on people and they're like, I'm like, mm, sorry, sweetie, I'm not on Facebook. So, um, and then I also have some merchandise on prowrestlingtees.com, which I'm doing really well with merchandise, which is great. Some t-shirts and some stickers and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I love that people loved it as much as we did. Um, it was unique. It was a unique gimmick. And, um, the fact that they invested in us with those old school cars was, um, yeah, showed man. what they really, that was really lots of bucks. In, so. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did a photo shoot with those cars every week. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. So Cherry, thank you for spending some time with us tonight. It, it was awesome. I, like I said, as we started, I will see you at WrestleCade. Pump that up to guys. If you want to meet her, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Thanksgiving weekend. She's going to be there Saturday signing autographs, taking pictures too. Yep. All of that. Come down. Um, it'll be a blast. Again, thank you for spending some time, Cherry. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Can Crush Your Nation once again. That was the bubblegum chewing, poodle skirt wearing, roller skating diva from the other side of the tracks, Cherry. What a fun interview. I I sat here and I just listened. And, and as she was talking, I, I did do some tape trading back in the day to watch some OVW stuff and just continuing to watch. And I, I put all those memories and I just let Cherry talk. To go down memory lane. I, I loved it. Uh, I, I love learning about her and Nat. I really did. You know, the fast forward to the end of it, how close they live together. And they're just, they're besties. They're besties forever. And it, it's just so much to unpack in this one that it was so fun. I love learning about more of her prior to WWE stuff. I thought it was only like six or seven years as you heard the podcast that she was on the independent circuit where it was a lot longer and then just how everything came about really quick to getting to WWE and then there was a pause because superstar Billy Graham yeah what what the heck uh cool 
cool little tidbits there from Cherry. I had a blast. Guys, go out, follow her, and I'm going to wave the flag. Make sure you, you when she's out and about, like she's going to be in WrestleCade. It is this Thanksgiving weekend. Go out. Winston-Salem, North Carolina, if you can get there, go out and meet her. She really does love her fans. You heard it in everything that she said. She wished she could have did a little bit more, but what she did, she knows that it, it touched people. and it, it was really fun what she was doing and just living the life now, living a happy life. And I agree with her. You know, there, there's no reason to go to, you know, uh, Turk and Caicos or this beach. Enjoy yourself at home. Uh, surround yourself by your family and your loved ones and just chill. Be you. Live your life. Live what makes you happy. That's what I got out of this. And you know how I try to learn something each and every time when I talk to somebody. That's what I got from Cherry. Man, again, Cherry, thank you for coming on Can Crushers Wrestling Podcast. It was an honor to have you on. And I can't wait to see you at WrestleCade. Remember, guys, just because you're trash doesn't mean you can't do great things. It's called a garbage can, not a garbage cannot. (laughs) 